Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is a crowd podcast. Welcome back to the French Rookie Podcast with me, Tim Groves, ex-Scotland international Johnny Beatty and former France hooker Benjamin Kayser. We're going to be focusing on the battle for the top 14 playoffs this week. So talking about this season's contenders and how it's all going to pan out and bringing in a guest who's right in the thick of it as well. But also getting Benji and Johnny's experiences of what it's like to be playing in these games with massive implications towards the end of the season. So we'll get into all that in a moment. But first, Benji, good week? Yeah, good week, mate. Just back studying. Uh, online, so I was meant to be in um, Southwest China. Obviously, was canned twice already. Uh, the the show. So now we're doing it with a professor who's online from the states, with guys that are half asleep in front of their thing because it's like you know <laughs> I've got people from Sydney to Houston, Texas. So even for me, considering how much I'm obliterated behind that screen with vapor coming out of my eyes, blood coming out of my ears, and feeling tired, but there's this poor woman in Sydney. <laughs> And it's a hundred times worse. So you're just telling us how tired you are. I don't feel sorry for you anymore. <laughs> yeah. I feel sorry for her though. Yeah. How about you, Johnny? Yeah, mate, it's all good. Um, was up in Paris at the weekend for Racing against Clermont. So that was really good to watch that. Good game. Disappointing for your old team, Benji. Right, they got pumped. They did, but you know what, mate? They need a hooker. Ah, finally. They're missing Benjamin Kayser. Finally, you finally make a tiny bit of sense, mate. I mean, I'm not sure if you're going back as communications coordinator, if they're going to bring you out of retirement <laughs> to play, but like, honestly, they can't, they've got decent players, right? But they don't have a platform. They can't give their backline anything. On the other side, like Kurtley Beal, Teddy Toma, Vakatawa, Fiku had an absolute field day. So no, it was a good game. Um, Sunday was classic swimming lessons, avoiding drowning lessons. I think they're being referred <laughs> to in our house because I mean, <laughs> Let's just say they're not increasing or getting better at any any rate or speed, um, but they seem to enjoy splashing around. And then my missus yesterday, so she she said, look, my folks are coming out. So the in-laws are coming out in about six weeks' time. Touchwood, all things being good, COVID, COVID passports. So she's handed me a list of things, because obviously we haven't done anything to the house since lockdown. We've just been looking after kids and getting through it. So I've got a list, the length of all of our arms of stuff to do. Mate, the list is the list is easy. It's basically red wine, rosé, white bites, <laughs> a tiny bit of gin at the end so that in those feel at home and that, that'll do, mate. Do you not just get a man in to do the jobs, Johnny? Or do you do, you do them yourselves? You're out your handy around the house? I, I am useless. That's why these jobs <laughs> should take 10 minutes, but they take about 10 years. And you mentioned there that you were in Paris to cover 
a top of the table clash. So we'll get into yeah. this season's playoff battle in a minute, but just want to get your experiences first of, of playing in those games at the top end of the table in the top Limited. 14. <laughs> you said it first, you got in there first, Johnny. No, you have, you have some experience and we'll come to that in a second. But Benji, uh, have we picked a subject that Johnny says he's got limited experience about? And what about you? Because Claremont were pretty much top two or three most seasons, weren't they? Apart from that one bad season you had. So do you have any real experiences of the kind of battle around fifth, sixth, seventh? Um, well, to, to be fair, I, I played a shit ton no. of, sem- of semis. In- <laughs> <laughs> but I also had the moments where I've got, I've got that proper experience of post-2017 title with Clermont, where it's just a clusterfuck. The president promised the team as a reward a trip to, what is he said, Vegas. Obviously, we didn't go to Vegas. We went to Ibiza for three days. But on the first day of preseason, of the following season, with some new boys and this and that. So we, we kicked off absolutely on the wrong foot. 17, up to 19 injuries during the season chasing everything you know where everything goes wrong we're winning in pool and the final scrum of the game our loose head prop loses the, the, the shit and just drops one at his opposite number the ref is almost like really you really want to make your team lose the game penalty kick in front of the post and they go you know and they win and it's funny because you got the perfect example with what johnny commentated at the weekend the reason why racing was so hot is because they are desperate because they've lost two or three in a row and, and this, the pressure is starting to pile. Basically in France, we play, we base so much of our strategy and of the outcome is based on heart, is based on hunger. And that was us in 17-18, when the hunger isn't just there. It was just a little bit off. And so when you play, I remember we played the opener against Bordeaux at home. We were better than Bordeaux and we just lose by, every time it was that new bonus, defensive bonus point, that five point difference, we kept on losing by six points. It's not coincidence. It's not coincidence. It's purely the hunger, the grind. And, and it's funny how in top 14, you think, and that's why we're going to speak about it in a bit, I'm sure you said top nine can still qualify because they're within two games, except I'll tell you right now, when you think that you're two games away from top six, you're lying to yourself. You're actually four games away because you need to win two, but your opponents need to lose two. Because if they keep on chasing you, then you're never going to catch them. And that was us in 17, 18. Every time we won a game, we're back, boys. We're going to smash it. We're going to qualify. And then the weekend after, you would lose by one. And then we ended up finishing eighth or ninth or something. It was just it's just too much. Did it feel like the pressure was always, you were playing catch-up and the pressure was always there and it was almost mounting as the season wore on. Desperation was kicking in. From the first game. So from the first game, we get zero points. Opening opener against Bordeaux, second game. I think I'm pretty sure we actually it's 100. We played the revival, the, the the basically the the same setup as the final. We played Toulon at home for the opener, and we beat them without the bonus points for us. You had four or five teams that won both, so they were already at eight points. Some of them nine points, some of them ten points, and some from the second game of top 14 of the season, we were chasing. And we were already eighth. So sometimes you get closer to six. Oh, we're equal six. You know, we can do it. Yeah, but that means you need to win one, two, three, four, five games in a row to actually do that. And the others to lose at least two or three of those four or five games, which never happened. And we never won four or five games in a row. So at least I was sorted. But and, and on top of that, we always played Europe full on. So there was never a matter of boys, yeah. you know, you have a rest and keep on going. And that season is the season where we beat Saracens away 40 points under the snow. Uh, and then we beat them, we beat them at ours and we had Ospreys. So there's still, you know, proper Champions Cup games in there. And we ended up losing in the quarters against racing. Like I finished, I played six for 30 minutes. So Johnny will laugh because that, be, that means how, how, that means how uh, out of, Pissing. you know, depth we were gone. Oh man, I was dead. Yannick Nyonga gave me a hug at the end of the game. Like, they can't do that to you. You're too old. That's You're almost okay. harsh. 
<laughs> oh, but it's, it's just, it's, you know, one of those seasons where you feel that nothing was, is going your way. And in rugby, at least in France, that margin for just a lack of, of energy, just a lack of spirit, just a lack of, of hunger and desire to eat absolutely everything that's in front of you, you pay it straight away. Should have brought me and me. I was starving. Um. <laughs> Johnny, you, you laugh because you ended your career with a few relegation battles. And maybe we'll do a topic on that one day as well. But you had a few playoff battles as well with Montpellier and Cass. So just give us, Benji's given us a, a sense there. But what's it like in terms of the fans, the mood around the town? Do owners get involved? It's huge. But I think the point Benji made is it's an extremely tough league. If you lose one or two games at home, it's an uphill battle and it's hard and it's horrible and you know it is because in this league, everybody wins most of their home games because it's the most important thing. And because it's such a slog and it's such a marathon, a lot of teams rotate away from home and the most important thing is winning your home games. So straight off the bat, if you lose two or three home games early on in the season, it's a shit sandwich and you know you're in for a long old haul. And it is a marathon until four or five games to the end until things start and you see a bit of light then the tunnel and it's, the table starts to sort of reveal itself a little bit and you're like right well actually a chip and a chair if we can get to sixth and cast are the absolute specialists of being sort of mediocre but there or thereabouts and grinding out and like you said Benji they're hungry like their town absolutely lives and breathes it and definitely once you get to that time of year and there's a sniff of finishing sixth and you're not one of the big boys it's game on. Like there's just a buzz around the town. Everyone's in the buzz around the changing room. The buzz around the stadium is huge and it's palpable. The horrible thing is the flip side in the relegation battle, which is much worse and a horrible feeling. But the feeling of getting into top six, I think I did it once with Cass, once with Montpellier, when maybe we weren't expected to, because other big dogs have much bigger budgets and better talent, frankly. Um, I never got through the barrage stage. I always lost that. Um, the quarterfinal, in effect. Um, but it's just such a cool thing to be part of. And, and when you compare it to other leagues as well, what is also really cool is the history. So when you're in Pro 12, Pro 14, there's sort of changes in structure and you're not really sure what's going Like in France, every town knows, every player knows, every senior player you talk to knows about Brennis, knows what the top 14 is all about, and so you know what you're fighting for. And that's really cool. I'm a big believer of having actually a sort of a football... Uh, type of championship of saying there's no more semis and quarters and go straight to it and you know at the top of the league we'll do it and then I press pause and I real I remember like one game of semi-final one final in, in Stade de France is absolutely fucking mental like it's the one Bonkers. of the best feelings it's it's just something else so you forget the mud of playing Breve and Bayonne when they had their old uh, you know <laughs> their old, the old pitches you forget how tough it is to get to Oyonnax because like Johnny said when the sun is out the beers are out the boys are ready to play you have a big breather a lot of presidents are like listen top six means here pure means at least 500k or 100 just for the qualification so at least you know the budget is sorted you're almost done and now it's like icing on the cake right and and the so the barrage I'm not a huge fan I just think it's harsh on Hard. teams who, were, who showed consistency you know to get there third fourth whatever the whole time but the semis and the final are absolutely legendary now they do this thing which I think is pretty cool is to play both semis in the same town they didn't used yeah. to do that when I first started but now they pick a town and you'll have you know one back-to-back -back sort of semis so it's a whole party town for a weekend of rugby fans from around the world normally they book their tickets early on in the season they take packages you know for both so it's really listen you want to go with your son see two quality games have a few beers with your mates whatever it is and that party atmosphere is 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 contagious is electric and you can really feel it when you're on the pitch when the sun is out so i only have absolutely stunning memories and then don't get me started about the final because it's just something else so 
however much I hate those battles that we're talking about, I'm, I'm guessing the outcome would not be the same without those battles. So that's why it has to stay like that. Also the emotion though, like it's quite cold. Like if you're watching like English Premiership football now and you're just waiting for Man United to lose a game so Man City can win it. I love the emotion of knockout rugby, whether it's Champions Cup, whether it's top 14 Premiership. I love the qualifying for something and then getting all of your cards in order and playing your best hand with the best squad you've got like the emotion that brings out of players and for spectators and fans. It's the best bit about it for me and I absolutely love it. Well, let's bring someone in now then who's got first-hand experience right now of a playoff battle because Bordeaux may have lost to Toulouse a couple of weeks ago in the in the Champions Cup. Big win for them this week against Bayonne and we can have a chat now with their Australian international second row, Kane Douglas. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, guys. How are you? We're good. Um, we were just chatting about the battle to make it into the playoffs generally in the top 14, Johnny's experiences, Benji's experiences. Can you feel the pressure? Oh, to be honest, like I, I know there's there's other boys that would be feeling the pressure, but like to me, I sort of don't really like thinking about it. I sort of like thinking of one game at a time. And I found since I've been in France, there's, there's a lot of, um, especially my first year, we were, I think we we're sitting in like fifth or sixth and we ended up finishing about 10th. And it was like, oh, we need to stay in the top six. Let's stay in the top six. There probably is a little bit, but I think we are we're confident in our in our game, and we had a good win on the weekend. But we we made like eighteen penalties or something. We got to we got to look at some stuff like that, and um, you, you don't want to be given like we could we could have got a few more yellow cards probably on the weekend than we did. We got two, and there's definitely things to work on. But yeah, we're we're, we're confident in our game. Did Christophe Furios make a, a huge thing this summer about listen last year's last year? Let's go back from scratch. Or you're still trying to build and use that momentum from last year? Probably a bit of both. Like uh, I think we've got we've got a very similar squad. Like we lost we lost a couple couple of big guys. Like we lost um Sammy Rudradra, so someone like that in your team's a fake who can just who can just make things out of nothing. So um missing a guy like that sort of um has been tough. But we've we've got some really good young centers there as well. So there's Yoram and, and Pablo. Okay. I think it should be playing for France in a couple of years. Like I know Joram already has, but um, yeah, they're like, I, I love watching them train and, and play. And um, I, I think he knows that they're, we've, we've still got that same group of key group of players, probably a couple of games. We've sort of gone, Oh, we, we lost to that team last year. We need to, we need to beat them or get revenge. And, and Christoph's quite planned and with every week. And yeah, so it's, he, he probably, it's probably been that bit of a mix. Christoph was my coach at Cast as well. Yeah. And in terms of comparing and contrasting him to what I'd had before, especially in France, he's definitely the most Anglo-Saxon French coach that I ever came across. Like really organized, really methodical, uh, really simple templates on the pitch. Uh, you've obviously had like a terrific career at Waratahs. You were in at Leinster as well with Cheka yeah. and, and then like a, a different coaching group in Leinster. I want to ask you how you find him. How does he compare to your experiences, what you've had as coaches before? Yeah, I, I actually, I actually think he's very similar. Like in not in every in every way, but but a lot to Michael Checker. Like, um, yeah, yeah, very planned. They both are. Um, they like pick pick something that that week we're going to focus on, and it's just the same. Like in every meeting, it's the same the same pitches and the same. We're, we're sticking to that this week. Um, I even think a few times where where we might have had like a little bit of a bad training, but we've we've come off a few wins. Like I almost think it that he's like he's gone. All right, I haven't blown up at the boys in three weeks. I'm just going to blow it's time. up. Yeah, <laughs> um, and like Checker used to do the same thing. So, oh yeah, I, I I definitely agree. I haven't I haven't really had f French coaches because so when we got here we had 
Rory Teague and then um, Joe Worsley sort of took over for the rest of that season when he, when Rory left. Um, so yeah, so Christoph's been my only French coach and, and yeah, like I, I talked to the other boys and they say he is really, like I, I think he's in really early at the club. He's the last to leave. He's very, very serious and planned out and he, um, yeah, he's very, very professional, which is, which I know the boys say that's, from the Bordeaux of old, it's it's very different. Mate, it's, there's one thing, so speaking about last year and Christophe Furios doing stuff that you've never seen, there's one thing that I thought was absolutely extraordinary. And please tell me that's his idea because I want to know who the person is behind that <laughs> thing. That after each big win or most big win, when, hallelujah, were there were your fantastic fans at Chabon Elmas who were there, he would take the boys still in jersey, still in boots, still in everything, go to the Bodega, which is sort of the, the, the pub where the supporters go and like surprise everyone and start sculling beers and singing with all the fans not only do i think that's rugby but on yeah. top of that imagine the communication that that is you guys win you guys have fun and you realize uh how do you say that you break the the, the walls and the, the the borders with the fans which is yeah. everybody's complaining about our oh, professional rugby is becoming boring distant soulless whatever and you guys do that i thought that was absolutely extraordinary so who, who's behind that genius plan is that him yeah well i i don't think it's from anyone else so i i, I think that is from him but he um Yeah, like that's that's probably the best post rugby. Like, like <laughs> we, we only did it. We only did it probably two or three times last season. But yeah, like it was being in there dancing around, like drinking beers. That was like awesome. That's, that's probably like my best my best feeling. I know, like I want to I want to comp at the Waratahs, but like we didn't do that. We didn't go in, in our boots. Yeah, like march down on the on the concrete all the way to the bodega to do that. Like it's yeah, it's a pretty cool feeling. Is that a new one, Johnny, or did he do that with you? No, he didn't. It's weird. So I think he's loosened up a little bit in terms of <laughs> he was still quite um, not dictatorial, but he was still dead, like position of authority. Don't mess, like kept his distance. But then I heard another story in, in Bordeaux that the the boys orchestrated. I'm not sure if it was preseason this year or last year, but basically at three, four, I think like three, four, five in the morning, he had like a massive blowout. And then they got hold of his address went to Christoph's house, like chapped on his door and he opened the door, like did a barbecue for everyone. Everyone's in his pool at like five in the morning, which at cast wouldn't have happened. And so it really surprised me that happened. Is that definitely true that happened in Bordeaux? Yeah, it's definitely true. I, I, I can't remember if it, was, if it was pre-season or just a, um, a maybe a week we had, we had like the weekend off. But yeah, we'd, they'd organized it with his wife and um, gave him the heads up. But yeah, he was fully surprised. So they, he... We were all out for dinner as a group. The staff was there as well. And then the staff all left. And then we jumped on a bus and, and went around to his house. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. Awesome. I, I know that story because Nons Ducrano told me that story. And he told me that they all rocked up and they were all in fancy dress, whatever. And he was watching Super Rugby, fell asleep in the, in the sofa, <laughs> analyzing another game. So that guy is just, you know, workaholic. It's times a thousand. You mentioned he's loosened up and he's also a rugby nose, but he's, he's known for his blow-ups, as you said. So you and Johnny compare stories about Christoph Urias's blow-ups, your favorite one, Johnny? Uh, I really enjoyed when you were playing against Toulon. It's maybe two, three years ago when Fabian Galtier was giving shit to one of his um, coaching staff and he gave him a cheeky slap in front of the TV cameras. I enjoyed that. That was cast. Oh, was that a cast? Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, it was yeah. a cast. I enjoyed that. I just left. Try Fabien. Try Fabien. Just give him a little one. I enjoyed that. I also, like, blew up, I blew up at Richie Gray and I. We, um, It was like a one o'clock kickoff, but he's so you know, diligent in his like cordoning off time. It was breakfast is from 6.30 to 7.30. And we were like, mate, the game's at one. We're not getting up at 6.30 to come for breakfast. We ordered brunch. 
or some scrambled eggs. Um, and that ended up being the theme for the team talk. He threw water bottles off us and <laughs> absolutely hated it. But look, that's just, it's just an absolute, he was authoritarian with us. Like absolutely. I think because he came in and cast was a shambles. Maybe at Bordeaux, there's like a mix of, you've got senior players that have been around. You've got Jeff Poirot, you've got Remy Lamarat, you've got like senior French guys that have been around and are maybe easier to manage. When at cast, he came in, it was a total mess. No, like definitely you say with, with timings, but he's also, um, he's really strict on uniform. So if, yes. if someone's wearing the, we've got, I feel like we've got like five different colored polo shirts. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And you've got to wear the blue one on the on bus, Monday. the gray one at the hotel, the white one here, the red one after the game. And it's like, mate, who cares? Just let us wear a hoodie or like anything. Like it's got yeah. UBB on it. Like everyone knows who we are. Who cares? But um, the boys use all that as, um, as fines. We throw the basketball on Monday and um, spin the wheel and see what you, what you get as punishment. But yeah, he is. He's very, he's very strict on, on those timings. Yeah. And how was Christoph around the Champions Cup semi-final? Because obviously we all worked on the game for for Channel Four. I mean, it seemed like a hell of a tough build-up. That yeah, well, like it was tough. We had we had two of the guys that could only do a captain's run after after having COVID, and that whole two and a half weeks was pretty. It was like, you're, are we at home today? Are we allowed to come train? Are we are we in small groups? And um, but he was he was he was very good. Like um, he said at the week, like. Who, who cares what we've done? Who cares that we've had that those that week off or or whatever? We um, we sort of had a we had a plan in place. He he said we need to get to the match and the um, and the match is is fifty fifty. We could um, so we, we had this like all right now we're at we're at five percent chance of winning at the start of the week and we need to build we need to build like five percent for um, for this ten percent is as you as an individual ten percent as the team doing this and. Um, we'll build up to up to the weekend, and um, and yeah, it was he was it was it was good after the match too. Like he he just said like I you just tried your heart out. Like a few things didn't go away. We weren't disciplined enough, but like we, we can be proud and, and and we can. Like I think a few boys probably had their heads down come Monday morning and stuff still. But like that's the, that's the best the club's ever done in in terms of. Um, European rugby and we could have won we could have gone better but like got to be proud with 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 what we did so um yeah like I, I think he was he's pretty good around all that mate I was really impressed especially given the build up you actually had the boys that were ex sick some of the boys still in their bed only able to do a team run I think most other teams honestly going to Toulouse would have folded like a deck chair and that's what like us watching the game and everyone at home seriously impressed by how Bordeaux just turned a corner it, it looks like a professional outfit well organized on the pitch and Christoph is massive into it doesn't really matter how organized you are it's all about the scrap like how can I get these players to fight for each other and fight for a team and yeah. that's 100% what you see and what you get every week now and like with no prep you were phenomenal for 60 minutes like you could see fatigue start to kick in you haven't had the prep that you needed but in terms of the attitude the effort and the honest guts like it was superb I thought it was absolutely awesome right and you have you haven't done top six and semis and stuff last year because COVID hit. But you must know by now that heart and that togetherness that you just said, that's what wins you top 14, mate. But that day, they, I saw some commitment on, on, on the Bordeaux side where you guys were throwing yourselves under the bus every time to try to stop them. There was really that that physical side to it that didn't look... I didn't think that you had that you missed a bit of energy in the tank. It's just you missed a bit of, I don't know, a bit of speed, a bit of pace, a bit of strategy of time together to build that, you know, to actually compete with a top, top Toulouse side. Yeah. But the grind and the anger 
was there. And that anger will win you top 14 if you guys get there. Because I reckon you're the, you're the only one who's going to shamble that top six because you got two games in hand and you're playing, what is it, cast next week. So that's obviously you can get yeah. pull one out of top six and then you're playing another one. Things too long. I can't remember who. And we've got Montpellier on the Tuesday, which is um, yeah. which is a couple of days after they play their their Challenge Cup final. So kind of falls nicely because you get cast at home, which I reckon you can beat. You can then pretty much effectively turn your entire team to go to Agen and probably still win comfortably because they're shambles. So like this, it's, it's a good run in. But the important thing is, I spoke to Christoph. Maybe it must have been just after Christmas last year when. The French media had kind of crowned you the champions of autumn because you'd gotten to, and he was pissed off. He was raging. He yeah. was pissing and moaning about it. But mate, I think absolutely now with the combination of the players you've got, Christoph being the head man, you've got all the ingredients to be there if you grind it out. We like you and you, you're out in the top six, one hundred percent. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I was actually talking today, like the, like this, the season and last season sort of nearly feels like one big long season, and. Um, during that that time off, um, during confinement or whatever last year, we Christoph was the one who was holding out hope. He's like, "I oh, know we'll be playing in three weeks. We'll be back. We'll be back." And he he just <laughs> Man, kept he saying was it. desperate. He was yeah. desperate. Of course, he would be. Games, poor thing. But you have to. And there's the president, probably Laurent Marty, who's right behind him. You know, let's make history together. Yeah. They, they, that whole club is desperate for it. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't want some some cheap like we didn't want the trophy just given yeah. to us because we were we were coming first. We like you you want to win. You want to win finals games. You want to win the final to become, yeah. Um, yeah, the best. So, how is everyone now? So you've had that COVID scare. Has everyone fully recovered? I, I think everyone's come good. Like they've, um, they've actually got a, got a bit of a, um, an organisation with one of the hospitals that they're, they're starting to roll out the vaccine for for the boys. So, um, I think we've got there's probably like 15 maybe or or 18 boys that haven't had COVID. So um, there was 10 earlier in the season and then we had, yeah, like 10 or 11 in that, that two weeks leading up to the, the Toulouse game. So, um, yeah, at the moment, everyone's, everyone's negative and, yeah, I think, I think everyone's good and hopefully we can, we can steer clear of it. And COVID aside, Kane, you're in your third season now in France. So are you liking it? I mean, you, it's a different lifestyle over there. I mean, you, I know you had a year in, in Ireland as well and then went back. France, it suits you? Yeah, like it was, it was definitely like it, there was some hard parts at the start when I, I first moved over with two kids and we're living in a, an apartment in the middle of town and it was stinking hot in, in July. And um, But yeah, like it, it probably took a year and we, we found a nice little house and then, um, yeah, like it, it feels like home now. Like the kids are up at the little French, French school up the road. They can speak better French than I can. Um, <laughs> I still, I, I can finally now have a, have a sit down and one-on-one with Christoph. Like I, I used to get a translator, I'd get Heine Adams or or someone else to go in with me. But um, he doesn't. Like, he doesn't speak anyhow. He probably growls at you the whole time. There's <laughs> 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 like have a scream and a growl. You don't yeah. even need to speak French. Yeah, he can. I think he can like say one or two things in English. Or that's all I've ever heard. But um, <laughs> when he when he came in, it's like every meeting is just in French. Like there's no one's no one's translating anything. You have to just sit next to someone who who speaks French and you need to go to French lessons and learn it, yeah. which is like, it's been good. We've, we've had to do it now. So it's like, I, I want to learn French. Mate, at Oyanax, when he started there and in cast, he made all the foreign boys go through their diplomas. So he was the first coach that said, look, if you want to integrate properly, you have to speak. But he forced everyone to do like a, I think it's your Delft, like a level A1 or A2. You had to do it. If you want to be part of the squad, you had to learn French, which is pretty good. Yeah, it is. I, like I, I kicked myself that I didn't go harder that first year that I was here, but I'm, um, 
it's sort of been fun now. I've got like there's there's three Argentinian boys and me that are that are there every week. A few boys, Scotty Higginbotham's got his last season, so he's sort of like, oh, I probably don't need to learn French anymore. And there's a few other boys who who just sort of go, oh, I've got something on, or um, couldn't be bothered today. But um, yeah, there's a good group of four of us who who go every week now, and it's yeah, it's we've got a good teacher. We the first year I, I didn't really like our tutor. Um, yeah, it's it's sort of fun now, and I'm like I'm enjoying being able to speak French. Is the intention to try and stay, extend the old contract, and try and get a few more years at Bordeaux? Yeah, I've got one more. Um, yeah, I'm just going to need to keep Christophe happy and and try get another another couple. But I um yeah, I think like if I if I stayed in France, I'd, I'd have to stay in Bordeaux, or I'd have to I'd have to move to down to the beach somewhere. I like we spent three days in in Bay Ritz before the Bay Ritz before the um the Bayonne game on the weekend and it was unbelievable like just cruising down the beach it's so chilled and yeah I don't know I, like I, I can definitely see myself here for for a few more years but um down the track I'll, I definitely want to move back to Oz but yeah I could see myself here for post rugby for a couple of years if if um if all was good yeah and Benji in the next contract meeting if Kane wants to keep Christoph happy any any french they can try out just don't look it up came any french that you can drop in there <laughs> rawr, rawr, le gars, le gars. no i don't know mate. you just just basically i, I reckon christopher uh, is, is a simple man if came does his job as a lock to smash people that way he's got in front of him hit his rocks rip up the ass of uh, jefferson poirot who will could be or could be as well he doesn't probably doesn't need help or time or whatever that you got in front of you then he'll be happy as he's he's a grafter that likes warriors and as long as you keep it where you what you're doing then he's a, he'll be happy i guess that and yeah. um slipping a case of red wine to the desk oh, is yeah. normally benji's advice isn't it yeah he's making his own now though yeah he is chateau pespook is that chateau piss what johnny chateau pespook chateau pespook i think it's called i got my words out pespook is that any good kane um i actually haven't tried it but he's um but he gives the he gives a bottle um for the 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 coaches player of the match um so each each week, I think since he's since he started doing his own wine, he's I think which has been half of this season. He's whoever whoever gets player of the round gets um gets a bottle of his wine and a, a Bordeaux uh, apron. So the coaches haven't given you player of the match. Uh, well, I got one earlier in the year, and uh, it wasn't his wine; it was a different one. And are you loving the wine out there? What's what are your favourite things about France? You must have been down to Saint Emilion. You've been Saint Emilion, done some wine tasting. Yeah, surely. I've I've been out there a couple of times, but um, yeah, like I, I actually before I moved to France, I I didn't really like wine. I'd have a taste and I'd be like, oh, what's this? And then since I've been here, I actually enjoy it. I yeah, like I I love the bread and the and the butter and the French pastries are unbelievable. But um, but you're dangerous. You just gotta, you just got to watch them. Um, had a meeting with the nutritionist a few weeks ago and. He's like, oh, maybe just lay off him a bit. But um, it's cool to do something different to be able to want my kids to be able to say one day that they lived in France. And um, yeah, like it, I, I always always told myself I wanted to go and experience life in France and um, and and some other countries probably too. Like I I still have hopes of maybe even going to the States one day. I'd love to go and just experience life over there. It's that'd be totally different. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's like it was hard at the start, but like I'm, I'm really enjoying, really enjoying being in France. And then once COVID gets goes away and um, and we can just go to restaurants and stuff, it'll be it'll be a hell of a lot better too. And a word before you go on a, a couple of your teammates, you mentioned the young centres coming through, and obviously there's a lot of youngsters at Bordeaux doing doing really well. Two of the the big ones are already in the front setup: Mathieu Jalabert and Cameron Wockey. 
we talk about Cameron Wockey because Johnny loves the line out quite a lot. Yeah. How good is he? You know your stuff when it comes to line outs. I yeah. mean, he's got some levers, hasn't he? Yeah, like he he definitely have to be the best jumper I've ever seen. Like I maybe there's guys who can read a line out better or whatever, but like he can he is so springy and you can just throw him like um like he's I've I've seen like at a training we've the hooker's thrown a ball to the back of the line out and Wocky was at the front and hit it on its way there. Like he's just <laughs> You can just throw him like he's so light and springy. It's like that's unbelievable, and like long arms and but yeah, like he's some of those boys go so hard at training him, and I think it's there's a, a bit of a rivalry. Walkie and um, Alex from Matt some days, yeah. and they they go hard, man. Even on Mondays, even on Mondays, like I'm like boys, they're, Monday, they're young, oh, just chill. <laughs> they're young. They'll grow out of it. But I was going to ask yeah. you as well, like Alex Rumat as well. So Olivier, I'm not sure if you remember his dad, Olivier, who played for the French team yeah. in the 90s, but he's more of a line-out caller. Like how would you rate him, his line-out ability, calling and, and the way he goes about it? He's quite lightweight, but long-term you see him potentially French team, him and Walkie in tandem or, or too similar? Oh, I hadn't actually hadn't thought about that, but I like I, I really rate Alex. Like he, he definitely goes hard at training and... Um, I think Christoph was a bit angry. He, there's a few penalties against him on the weekend, but um, he's really good. Like he, he's good caller. He's confident. He um, he's got good skills too. Like he he, he hangs out wide and um, he knows how to sort of get away from the tackle and stuff. But um, yeah, him and him and Walkie, I think I think even like the last time Alex was up for contract discussions, it was probably he was probably thinking like, do I do I want to stay and and compete against Walkie and because um, yeah, they both sort of play that same role, and but it's sort of they've been they've been working well. Sort of they can they can both be playing at the same time, and the way we've been playing our game, we haven't got that like rule like seven on the ball sort of in our team. So it's it's been like they can both play six and seven at the same time, and yeah, and it's only going to make our our line out stronger from having to compete against them at training. And in terms of young guys, like I, I rate both of those guys. And Matthew Jalibert, he's the name on everyone's lips at the moment. You've played with some guys with some crazy talent, Quade Cooper, Kirtley Beale, those kind of guys. Yeah. Where does Matthew Jalibert rank in the list? Well, in terms of, in terms of like, um, like line, like that speed and like change of speed and um, things like that, he's like, he's definitely diff- totally different to Quade Cooper. Like, Quaid's probably got maybe more skills, but in terms of like that raw, raw talent, like, and he's just, he can just step someone and just go, like he goes hard at the defense, like, um, and he just, and he backs his chip and chase every time and it works. Like he just, he can just dink it over and just sprint through and you're like, hurry out. Like he's a freak and like any, and he can do it at when he plays at Francis, he can do the same thing. Like he, I think someone was telling me about him before I moved over and I was like, oh, like I hadn't really watched too many of the, because he played like one or two tests before I moved over and um, there's this young 10 and, and I was like, oh, okay. And then, yeah, like he's he's a freak. So um, it's sort of a different, like the the different um, way he plays the game. But yeah, like I, definitely definitely in the top, top two guys, like two or three guys that I've played with, yeah. And Benji mentioned another guy earlier who tends to lead the social side of things. So Nans Duquang, can you give us a little, <laughs> a couple of anecdotes on him? Because he's, uh, he's become super famous in France, but I'm not sure people understand outside of France because obviously all of his language is French spoken, but a real comedian, somebody that brings the group together and brings out the best in people, like hilarious bloke. Can you give us a couple of lines on, on Nans? 
there's there's probably a lot of things I can't say about him, but um, but yeah, like he's he is so funny. Everything he does, and actually, we've had since we, we lost to La Rochelle at home, and we um, Christoph laid out a few rules for April. Like we, there was no music, there was no getting your washing done at training, there was no all this stuff, and one of them was no buffonard, and it was like he said it, and he just looked at he looked at Nans, and it was um, you know, part of buffonard and. Like a Nards must have been so upset. Like he's just like the whole day he's just cracking jokes and and being silly. And yeah, it's um yeah, he's the funniest guy I've met. I've like I, I probably the the thing that stands out the most is the, the the prank some of the boys do. They like they go so much harder than back home with like some of the stitch-ups they do. They like him and him and Cyril Cazo go go out at each other a bit. Um and there was at one stage, I think Nans put because they call Cyril the T-Rex or something, something about a dinosaur or something, and they they put T-Rex stickers all over his car. Um, and then while we were in Perpignan, this was, yeah, two years ago, whatever, we are in Perpignan, and, and they went round to his house, they opened his spa bath up, and he'd, like, he hadn't been using it at the time, and they put, like, four fish in it or, like, four huge fish or something, and they'd, like... <laughs> They obviously died and it was like, I think it was like three months before he opened his, oh. his spa bath up and it was like, um, yeah, like they just go, there's, uh, there was like dog poo on someone's car door handle. There was like, they just go so hard at each other. But um, yeah, like those videos that he came out with when he re-signed and um, the photos with, with Laurent and, and things like that, like it's, uh, I've never seen anything like it in my life and um, yeah, like he's, he's a cracker. Nah, he's, he's, he's legendary. You mentioned the picture. Look, the picture is, for people who haven't seen it, is Laurent Marty and him, when you, when you re-sign, it's like, you know, you're, you're committing to another wedding, right? Because it's like La Belle Mariée and all that. And he's dressed up as, as, as uh, how do you say that, as a bride. Yeah. And the president is shut up with a little smoking. So he clearly does not care. But I know that him and J.B. Dubier, they're, they're like the two pair of, of, of little jokers uh, and they are nonstop. But listen, if Christophe allows him to do it, with a smile on his face, because I, I do a show in France and he cracked a million different jokes and stuff. And he really took the piss out of Christophe and he imitated him for about 10 minutes. And honestly, I couldn't even, I couldn't speak. I was <laughs> it, it, pissing myself. Yeah. And I was, and after that, he started playing. He, he wasn't playing for Bordeaux anymore. I was like, oh shit, please tell me he didn't like chuck him in the, in the, in the freezer for that, you know, not for that. And I texted him. He's like, no, nah, mate, don't worry. And he actually sent me a text that Christophe sent him after watching the show. And he said that he absolutely loved it. He's like, listen, just be yourself. As long as it's for, good for the team, it's good for me, go at it. As long as it's heartfelt, he doesn't mind. So that's the type of jokes that he cracks and stuff. And to be honest, Christophe is taking you still with your boots on, going smashing beers with the fans, him cracking some jokes inside the team and stuff. That's the spirit that you guys have, have got. And then Semir Adrada, you, you'll never replace him, mate. That's it. He's just <laughs> another alien. He's not there. But he's not in top 14. <laughs> so if you keep that spirit, you keep the rest of the talent that you've got. You, you got the Moe, Moe Fana, like you said, Yoram and all that. Got a lot of talent. The old dog, the old horse, Remy Lamra. I'm telling you, he still has a few miles yeah. in that van. He's and he can, he can do, man, he can do so well. He's one of them. He, he works on heart, pure, raw emotion. That's yeah. all he cares about. And I feel that a lot of guys in the Bolo team are wired like that. And, and that's why probably Christophe can get you guys to, to the, to the next level. So as long as you keep that up, mate, I think it's, 
some good stuff ahead. The games are coming thick and fast, Kane. So I um, don't know if you fancy two games in four days at some point in the next few weeks, but um, <laughs> good luck with the uh, playoff race. Yeah, thank you. I think it might um, it might actually be a good chance for us to, I think we might be struggling with our, um, well, not struggling, but with, with our GIF numbers. So um, <laughs> just gonna rotate know, it, might, it might be one of those games where they all the Frenchies just play, play against Argen, <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah, like there's, it's a long season. It's, I don't know how many games we played this year. It's, just feels like it never ends, but it's um, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Sounds like the guys think you're going to make it. So good luck with the next few weeks. And um, we look forward to seeing you in the playoffs. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot, mate. Hello, I'm Garrett Thomas. And I'm Tom Fordyce. And this is your official invite to come and join our brand new cycling club. Now, good news, it's a podcast too. So you can come and listen to us, try and build this club from scratch. And we'll have a few familiar faces joining us for the ride too. Right, G, time to tell everyone what we've called this club. Well, we thought long and hard about this. So we come up with a strong original name that really stands out. The Garen Thomas Cycling Club. Yeah, I suppose it's easy to remember at least, isn't it? We will have new episodes for you every single Tuesday. Come and join us. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Great to hear Kane's stories on Christoph Urias and and he's he's obviously enjoying life in France. But Buffonard, we're talking about Nance de Coin, Benji. No, I, th- I think it's I think it's a bouffonnerie, and a bouffonnerie is because un bouffon un bouffon is, is the joke. Le bouffon du roi is that you know the in the middle age the guy who would just dance around, do pranks, and, and make everybody laugh. And so it could, it's a bit it's a bit like in English. You can, if you call somebody un bouffon, it can be a bit aggressive. But if you say if une bouffonnerie, fais pas fais, fais pas de bouffonnerie, it just means no 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 stupidness, no silliness, no no silly jokes.
And there's um, the three full rounds left, but as we were talking to Kane about, they've got a couple of games in hand, Bordeaux. How's it going to pan out? Come on, give us some predictions. Who's going to make it? Who isn't? I feel basically that Bordeaux are seventh, and then basically the only chasers that you've got are Stade Francais out of absolutely nowhere and Lyon. And Bordeaux have got two games uh, that are missing, that have been delayed in hand. Uh, So they're clearly in the best position uh, out, out of all of them to chase up. And I think they're only two points behind Castres. So this weekend is obviously a massive decider. And then if they don't cock up during the week, they will be ahead. Uh, I don't see, I think Lyon is just too much of a stretch. Stade Francais, listen, out of absolutely nowhere because they beat Breven, Breven, and they went to beat Racing and Racing, they could be. But it's that scenario that I was telling you before. They need Bordeaux to cock up. They need the teams ahead to cock up. And they need to fully perform for the last, uh, last three games that they have because they don't have any games in hand. So I only see actually Bordeaux shaking everything and kicking Castres out. So I reckon I reckon Toulon, Bordeaux, uh, Racing, La Rochelle, Clermont, uh, will, will, and Toulouse obviously will, will make it. See, the problem is, it's the difficulty of some of the fixtures. So I know it's still neutral venues, but Toulon, who are currently fifth, have four games left, but those games are away to Montpellier, away to Clermont, at home to Bordeaux, and away to Cast. Like that's not easy. That, that's three big away games. You've got. So you're right. You then you have Toulon on 62, Castor 59 points, and then you've got Bordeaux and seventh on 58, and Stade Francais on 57. Bordeaux go. I've got Cast at home, which they should win easily. They then go away to Agen, which everyone else has picked up five points. They then play Montpellier at home which he mentioned is after their final, so they might be absolutely scuppered. They go away to Toulon where they might pick up nothing and then they're home to Toulouse. So I'm looking at that and I'm like, they could pick up four wins from five games fairly comfortably and they could go from currently having 58 points with those wins to getting up to 75 points. But So I'm like, they could almost jump to third, which is crazy. But after that conversation, you see how much fun they're having and all the crap they've gone through with COVID. Like you wouldn't put it past them. And Christoph will organize that team properly with the fixtures and rotate properly, like I said, they're, they're behind on their GIF numbers. So they're going to have to play everyone on French away to Agen, but they'll have enough quality to beat Agen away. The other one I think could sneak in is Stade Francais, who are currently eighth, but they've got their three games. They're home to Montpellier, which they're hot right now. They should win. They're home to Lyon, and then they go away to Bayonne on the last day. And they've got a lot of quality. And I just think Bayonne will be fighting for their lives, but if Stade Francais are fighting for top six, it's not a dead fixture. So like they could also sneak potentially into sixth. Yeah, but again, that's that's the scenario that I was telling you. For them to sneak, you need Toulon and Castres and Bordeaux not to perform. Yeah. So they need to kill everyone and to chase again because it's not like there's one point difference. Like there must be about four or five points difference. Stade Francais are on 57. Yeah, see, so they're, they're already two points behind and Bordeaux, like you said, will have loads. So... I, I just don't see. I think that's Toulon or Stade Francais in the scenario that I, we were in with Clermont. Always thinking, oh, we're going to make there, but it's just a bit too much. But they've also, they've only got three games left. They're all nicely spaced out. That's their objective. Go and win every game. They've got two home games and away by on. I don't know. I see first and second not changing. So Toulouse and La Rochelle, that isn't going to change. I could almost see Bordeaux going on a run and finishing third, Racing fourth, Clermont fifth, and Stade Francais sneaking sixth and Toulon and Cast missing out. And one of the factors we've been talking about with Kane and just then is the the games in, in such close proximity to one another. So Mental. Bordeaux are going to have that. This yeah. week, some teams are playing Tuesday, Saturday. Not something you two would have ever had to do in your career. It's absolutely brutal, isn't it? I've had to do it. 
I've had to do it, yeah, once or twice. Well, first you have to do you had to do it during the World Cup because that was just the last World Cup 2015 or the last World Cup. The last last World Cup 2015 was just absolutely bunkers in that sense, particularly unfair to smaller countries. Remember the tier two countries? Yeah. They had to do it every four or five days. Um, and, and we had to do it once. And I was like, oh my word, that was the hardest thing. I did. And then I didn't play 80 minutes, but I remember doing it with, with Leicester Tigers when I was young, playing on the Wednesday, playing again on Saturday, both times starting. And I, I thought I could, but the extra bit of stamina that you need to play a physical confectionational sport like you do, your body feels okay, but the extra bit of power, hunger, stamina, I just couldn't have it. And then that's when you start hurting yourself and, and, it, and it takes you weeks to get back up. Uh, Jules Plisson was 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 pulling their alarm saying, everybody speaks about player welfare and, that, and this and that, but they still want those games to be played. They haven't canned those games. They just postponed them. And now we're back in the situation that nobody wanted. You have to play during the week. Where is play, player welfare now? Player welfare is worth an amount of money. That's what it is. And 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 then that's all that matters to them. So it's it's quite sad, even though of course as rugby lovers, we want to see those games. We want to see them played. There's always been enough in this world of without rugby and it's frustrating. But at the same time, they're gonna they're really gonna have to for teams that can rotate, fantastic. But what about teams that can't? Because exactly. if you have injuries, because this and that, you're gonna take the risk out of putting boys in three 80 minutes games. There'll probably be one or two guys out of the whole top 14, but you're still taking a risk on these guys. Did you see um, Robbins Chaliawachu and what he said yesterday or this morning? So he's the head of Proval, which is like the the French equivalent of the, the Players Association. He was just saying we absolutely denounce it. It's ridiculous. It shouldn't happen. The, the injury risk now, like if you st- four consecutive weekends. <laughs> If you start or you play, the risk of you playing that in a fifth game, your risk of injury shoots, it skyrockets. So can you imagine having those four or five games in a two-week period? It's, it's ludicrous. So he said, look, absolutely against it. They've recommended as a solution, I think they were talking to Felix Santandre Montpellier, they were saying, look, can we draft in, like even if it's foreign guys that can play in prop positions, because you can't have props and hookers. Like you said, Benji, it's impossible to play Wednesday, Saturday physically you'll break people so they're saying look is it possible to bring in people from the the academies or if they're foreign but in the academies can they come in and qualify gif under special rules because otherwise we're going to break people uh, and they know they're going to break people well they're going to do they're, they're trying to find a solution now where they always knew remember we've been speaking about this for the last six for months. months yeah they, oh they keep on posting those when the hell are they going to play them ah we'll see they might need some time you're already jeopardizing everybody's health and now they realize no it's just that player welfare the health of players has got a number on it second that number is is 20 percent of the tv rights or whatever you want to count it that's all it is and did you see what the solution was what Proval suggested is the they said, look, instead of the players having four weeks holiday, this has been really hard. So this week they should have five this year. They should have five weeks holiday. And that's the solution is, well, let's put them through it, grind them into a pulp, see what happens. But, you know, if they have an extra week holiday, they should be okay. Like, come on. And before we go, there's been a bit of transfer news, isn't there? So La Marpe is joining Stade Francais, isn't he? So that's where Gail Fiku's money's going. We did sort of touch on that a few weeks ago. What do you make of that one? I'm I'm not his agent, but I'll tell you right now, he's not getting Gail Fiku's money. And, that, and that's the craziness about the, the, the attraction power of top 14. Oh, don't get me wrong, but I think Mbappe is, is an incredible player. Incredible. He's probably, the, he's probably, without George Moala at the moment, the most powerful center in the world. He is the human piano, brick, whatever. He, he will destroy anything. Right. He's an absolute rocket. And he's renowned in some hemisphere for being the hardest thing to hit in the world. Like Tui Sova, you know, would still give me nightmares. Well, that guy is a Tui Sova 
from New Zealand. So he's really got something. But the reality is that we're talking about games and pressure and money and this and that. Top 14 play pays 50% more than what the boys get in, in, in South Hemisphere. That's just the reality of, of what it is. So they don't need, don't get me wrong, he's going to get a fantastic contract. But I'll tell you right now, he's not getting Gael Fico's contract. And you're well into that. Ultimately, he's going to be taking the place of two players. So not only is it Gael Fico, who was a million euros a year, you got Joe Dante, who's leaving, going to La Rochelle. So he's coming and filling that void for two blokes. He's he wasn't he wasn't a million a year. That's what the, the his president said. That was harsh, Johnny. You know that. that was, was he just lying? I don't know. No, no. You know he's a massive contract, but a million a year. Nobody gets a million a year. But in terms of a player and a signature and who they're getting, mate, he's outstanding. He's got absolutely everything, and he's got better. Like having watched a bit of Super the past two three seasons, added layers to his game in terms of like kicking, passing. All like he can do everything. Um, and I actually think like. New Zealand public will be desperately sorry to see him go because he's that good, but he will absolutely light up the top 14. He is phenomenal. Looking forward to seeing him in the top 14. And Jonathan Joseph, Quimru, both linked with Toulon at the moment. See, I'm not sure. Again, I, I think that it's more Toulon are going through a rebuild, right? So they've had their Galacticos. They've been the Real Madrid of rugby. That's no longer the case. So how can they get a bit of quality and a bit of sprinkling of stardust to make it better? But like with all these rumours... You just don't know. You don't know how much of it is agents trying to pump up renegotiation time until something's actually signed, especially in France. You've no idea. The one that I thought was really interesting this week, Benji, after talking about Clermont and your potential role and your mate, Thomas Domingo. Yeah, bullshit. Bullshit uh, again? I, yeah, yeah. I spoke to him actually during the week. He wished, <laughs> he wished. Mate, he's 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 um he's not born in Clermont. He's from he's from Egluton between between Clermont and Brive, so an hour away. He was touted as going back to Clermont, being the sort of scrummaging forwards coach, which would have been not yeah, even were, for scrummaging. They just said they just said as a forwards coach, but now he so he told me basically fake news. Unfortunately, yeah, he's he's resigning. Paul he's doing a great job, but mate, he's got businesses in Clermont. His life is in Clermont. His missus from Clermont. Uh, the day that he can come back with a good opportunity, they will. And he's an absolute legend of a bloke. So he will add that that culture and that spirit that they need. Unfortunately, it's not happening. I think to speak about Clermont, the, 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 the negotiation. So John O'Gibbs is definitely going to go. I reckon he's gonna only going to have to partner up with, hopefully, Dato Zirakashvili, the, the, the former Georgian prop. Um, coming from La Rochelle, maybe a performance analyst and and basically keep Benson Stanley and Xavier Sadourny. But then Franck Azema seems unfortunately to be in a right mess of presidents just can't agreeing past coming through from past deals that went through and they feel that there's a bit of anger and resentment in, inside there. And and Montpellier actually <laughs> doing really well at the moment. So now the, Montpe the, the Montpellier Moët d'Altrad is basically thinking, hang on, why would I break the bank in half if in the end the my other three guys the the the, the you know that my second team are actually doing really well so why not so Philippe Saint-André might be staying on now against his will by the sounds of it hey, I, I spoke to him so I was in Bath Montpellier for the game he says yeah no no it's just not happening and I, it's like stop winning he, he's gonna keep you mate boys yeah, yeah but, the, but the boys are do doing really well <laughs> they're doing really well no it's just you think he's been there done that mate he's coach of the French team he's won and lost I think it's about that rhythm and that intensity and that he absolutely adores it but he's doing it over 10 months it's just pff, a bit ask so but but they could also you know shuffle around the cards uh, even within Montpellier to give a bit more breathing space to Philippe and, and make it work a little birdie told me they were looking at um, Bruce Rehana potentially coming in as well as sort of consultant because he's fluent French speaker he's over in the premiership just now isn't he coaching he was at Bristol with Pat Lamb. I don't know if he still is. But. And so they were like, maybe he's a cheaper. Because as you said, like they're going to have to break the bank to get Azema now for the indemnities. They're going to have to pay Clermont. So they're like, maybe if we get a cheaper 
Bruce Ray Hanna being touted, I don't know. But like if Philip San Andre doesn't want to do it, you have to get somebody that does want to do the job and is going to do a decent job next year because like the quality that they have, they need a good coach. There we go. And when you're back at the top, uh, climb on Benji, then you can give Tom and Domingo a call and <laughs> yeah. we'll be all good. <laughs> I'll take him a special advisor so that we can come and some, chop some red wine. Thanks, Benji. Thanks, Johnny. And a big thanks to all of you guys for listening as well. Uh, make sure you hit subscribe. Leave us a nice review if you can too. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Au revoir, guys. Cheers. See you, boys. Bye. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.